It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Athletic. The only way to score is, of course, to play uh, with a hand break off. Hello, I'm Ian Stone. This is Handbreak Off, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Uh, We're going to take a dive into the squad, talk about what happens next, and we'll look forward to the last game of the season for the women and the men. I'm joined by Adrian Clark and Art de Roche. Morning. Good morning. Morning. We're in sync there, aren't we? Yeah. (laughs) You know why we're in sync, Stoney? Because we're sat in the same room. In the same room. How weird. How how 2010 <laughs> that is. Do you remember? We used to all do that for the pandemic. Anyway, well, nice. I'm glad you guys are getting together. I'm, uh, as always, alone. <laughs> but, you know, I'm okay with it. Um, now, we've had some good news this week, of course. Bukayo Saka has finally signed his new contract, keeping him at the club until 2027. Can we just do a round of applause for that? Can we, well, can we do a guy. round of applause? Well, done. Nice done one. Done the right thing. Um, Aaron Ramsdale said he's the kind of guy you'd love to be your son. <laughs> okay. With the dog has recently been welcomed into the Arsenal family. So which Arsenal player, excluding Bakayo, would you like to adopt into your family? Art, who would you like to adopt <laughs> into your family? Um, it's interesting because I have actually got um, uh, like a tea, a teacup a Saka and Smith Rowe one. So I guess my automatic answer might have to be Smith Rowe. <laughs> but yeah. I'm I'm the oldest, so I feel like maybe a Granite Xhaka as like an older brother type uh type of vibe might be a decent shout. <laughs> he could do that, couldn't he? Granite. He could do that. He just he wouldn't even have to say anything, would he? Just look at you. <laughs> Give him the keys to the you house. Know, he, uh, uh, <laughs> Don't you just look at you with that? Don't do that, <laughs> and you go sorry, sorry, Granite, sorry about that. Okay, uh, yeah, fair enough. What about yeah, you? Right? Do you know There's a lot of likable lads, a lot that a lot of likable lads, sort of well brought up. You want them to be sort of nice and friendly and and polite, don't you? So I think people like Erdegaard and Holding and. And Matt Turner, who's a really friendly, sort of nice guy, would would be great. But yeah, I, th- I think it's Aaron Ramsdale. He's just he just seems like a real good egg, very down to earth, and um, yeah, good fun as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd like um, yeah, I'd welcome him into the fold. No no problem at all. How nice, how nice. I'd have see me and you would be competing for Rambo. See, <laughs> uh, in the past, you see, when we had difficult neighbours, I think he'd give them stick over the garden fence. You know, and he'd sort of be laughing at them. I quite like that. But all right, now uh, now that the neighbours are really nice next door, um, I'm having I'm also having Martin Erdegaard as well. I just think he'd be really quiet, but he'd do things for you without asking. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you you made breakfast, Martin. How nice! And he just uh, he, sort of yeah, he strikes me as being you. super thoughtful. On Ramsdale, obviously, when you're kicking around in the garden, you you want someone to be decent in goal, don't you? So so I think <laughs> it, it makes sense to go with Rambo. I would say so. Yeah, all right. All right, fair enough. Uh, suffice to say, we like a lot of these boys, don't we? They're nice boys. And uh, and it's all part of the whole family thing. And by the way, on the podcast on whenever we did it, Monday, uh, we were talking about the dog, win the dog. Uh, what I, mean, I sort of casually mentioned the olive tree that has been planted. Do you know about this, guys? Art, do you know about the S? You're nodding. Adrian, you're looking slightly. There was an, there's an olive tree been planted. I quite like the idea if a player grows up around a club. Imagine if they plant the olive tree when Bukayo Saka is eight and he's seen that tree grow. There's something very nice, I think about a tree. I, this is not me taking the piss. I genuinely <laughs> like the whole... <laughs> you're waiting. I, no, I was looking at both of you. It's like you're waiting for the punchline. No. But there is no... Seriously, it, I genuinely think it's quite nice to have uh, to have a tree there. A growing thing so you can see how things can grow because that's what we've got at the moment at the Arsenal. Of course, the next step 
is uh, a little bit of squad strengthening, uh, basically a squad order, if you like, who stays, who go. It's a sort uh, who goes. It's sort of football version of shag, marry and kill, isn't it, really? <laughs> uh, but we'll call it keep, sell and give away at the end of their contract, if you like. And this is based loosely around the uh, piece that Art has written on the website about the squad. Before we start this chat, um, I had a look. City by the way of comparison, have essentially 17 high-class performers, not including the goalkeepers. And by the by that, I mean who you would not be afraid to start in a Champions League quarterfinal against Bayern Munich, right? I, th- I think that's what we're talking about here. That is a benchmark. They've got seven defenders, 10 midfielders uh, and attackers, although those are very loose definitions. I think you can say the same for us as well. Um, with the goalkeepers, oh, we'll start with the keepers. Five goalkeepers. Uh, Rambo, obviously... And then we've got Matt Turner, Carl Hine, Arthur Conquu, and Runar Alex Runison. Um, I mean, do we have any strong feelings uh, about any of the other four? I mean, uh, we're going to keep, we're going to have three, aren't we? One, one would assume would be Matt Turner. And Arthur Conquu's doing well in Austria, isn't he? Yeah, he had two really good loans uh, this season. So first half of the year, he was with um, Correx Alexandra, and they were actually quite upset to lose him um, midway through the year. But it is basically it does come down to who is best suited to stay in as a third choice, and who is probably better suited to a loan. Out of those three, it's probably most likely for I guess Renarsen to definitely head out again, whether it be permanently or on a loan. And then we saw Carl Hein get his debut earlier in the season uh, against Brighton. Obviously, he had an unlucky moment. But then with Oconquo, um, obviously, the season before this one, he was kind of the the third choice option, uh, especially going into pre-season. So I think it'll just be interesting to see how that kind of dynamic shifts and works because if you look at, that under-21 squad as well. Um, There is a lot of goalkeepers. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, um, yeah, how they kind of manage that will be interesting to to watch. But I don't think it's done, say, Okonkwo any harm that he's got a a lot of experience um, this season in senior football. Yeah. Adrian, you've been around squads. The third-choice goalkeeper, I mean, it's a a slightly strange... place to be but I guess you want a young guy who's willing to learn don't yeah. you? Yeah definitely it's, it's probably got to be someone young someone that will, will still play in the in the PL2 games when when they get an opportunity but yeah you've got they've got to be good enough if called upon haven't they so you, you, you can't have a total rookie in that in that position I'm I'm going to be a little bit harsh here and say that I'm not entirely sold on Matt Turner yet like in terms of, I think it is quite a big drop off from yeah. from Aaron Ramster to Matt. And if there were were to be an injury, which is unlikely but still plausible, then where are we? You know, it, it, it could impact the team quite adversely just because he's he's nowhere near as good with his distribution. He doesn't have the same presence. Um, he is a good shot stopper. Not enough now, is it? Not enough for no, a goalkeeper I'm just now, not sure, you, but, especially with the way we yeah, play. But, but attracting someone better than Matt Turner to be on the bench each week is 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 yeah. going to be very very tough, isn't it? So, yeah, I I don't think we'll see a change there. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to see maybe Matt when he does get his opportunities, just just step it up a, up a gear from from what we've seen so far. I mean, there's less opportunities, aren't there? And now, if we're in the now we're in the Champions League, one can't imagine anyone but Rambo playing in those games. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, Matt Turner will more likely get a chance in the uh, in the in the uh, Carabao and in the early rounds of the FA Cup. Oh. Yeah, I think the main thing that maybe means Adrian isn't as comfortable with him playing is just uh, there isn't the same calmness. No, um, and. I think over time when he's only played nine games this season, so with each kind of performance, you've seen him become a bit more confident Mm, in each game. But there's still moments where it does seem a bit uh, rushed, whereas everything with Ramsdale, well, (laughs) mostly everything, obviously he has had his moments, but uh, a lot of what Ramsdale does just looks like second nature. Um, So... it is a kind of difficult one where 
I feel Turner's probably, he's got that number two spot. He's an Arsenal fan, so he probably won't, um, he won't complain <laughs> really. Um, and if you are looking to kind of upgrade in that particular role, it, it's so difficult. Yeah, and he's a good team player. I think he's a nice, he's a good personality, very bubbly. And I think that matters as well, just, just because you don't want any sort of simmering hostilities between your number one and your number two. Um, so I think it, it does tick a lot of boxes. I'm, I'm talking myself back into definitely <laughs> keeping Matt Turner. But but the same breath, it, I want us to win the FA Cup next year. Yeah. I want us to win the Carabao Cup. And... Yeah, that, those are the matches that, that the number two goalkeeper will feature in. So, um, yeah, I'm sure he will step it up. In the World Cup, he looked pretty good, didn't he? He did. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's talk about the defence then. Ben White, Alexander Sinchenko, Gabriel Magalhães, Takahiro Tomiyasu and Jakub Kirill are definitely staying. They've got contracts. Well, Tomiyasu is the nearest 2025, but the others uh, a year or two later on. Adrian I mean, William Saliba is twenty. Who's twenty-two? By the way, just twenty-two. Contract expires next summer. I mean, that's the next one, isn't it? We have to get him tied down. Yeah, we do. Yeah, and I think that the fact that that Gabriel Martelli and Bako Saka have now committed their futures, obviously, along with Aaron Ramsdale, sends out the right message, doesn't it? To to him, because um, it's one of these where you're a young player, you're in demand, you're on the rise. It's really all about, am I going to improve under this manager? Am I going to develop? And am, am I going to be involved in big matches where we can win stuff? That, that These are the questions that you have to ask yourself. And I think the answers are all pretty positive if if you're William Saliba, surely. You know, we've seen how much he's developed this season. We've seen how much the team has come on. You've seen your mates commit their futures let's let's hope that he follows suit but look every player's pathway is different and if there is a club out there in on the continent that's sniffing around promising him the world him and his agent you know you you have to take that into consideration that that could be a possibility for William Saliba let's let let's hope we can get that one done quickly yeah that'd be good um Art would any black player go to Spain right now to be fair, probably yes. Like I know, like people probably would be surprised by that, but money talks. Um, so I, I think it would make would, you think twice, though. Yeah, right? I mean, I'm talking be... about Madrid. I'm talking about Madrid here, basically, because yeah. that is, I think that William Saliba will end up playing for Real Madrid at some point. But do you think that would make you just go, hang on a minute, maybe I'll just wait a bit. I don't know because it's it's been happening for ages, really. It's yeah, not it's true. It's not a new kind of phenomena. So I I I haven't really thought about that um uh that much in the past few days. I know what's been going on obviously, but yeah, um obviously it's kind of a talk talking point now, but uh I don't really see it as as something that's gonna just change overnight. Maybe if we're having this same conversation in three, four, five seasons, it'll be interesting to see how, I guess, um, the destinations of certain players has changed. But yeah. I don't I don't see in the immediate term it changing too much because of the football kind of reasons that someone would go to, to Real Madrid or Barcelona. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. in a very strong position, isn't he? <laughs> because obviously Arsenal's poor into the campaign. It's coincided with his absence from the side, so his management, his management yeah. will go in and say, "Look, you need this kid. <laughs> um, pay pay him what we think he is worth." And obviously, with with expiring next summer, there's only that sort of what is it a 14 month window you know now to get things done or he leaves on a free which would it's really you know. it's less of that it's less than that isn't it really mm. it's really the summer we can't go into the well, start of next year well yeah if he, if he, if you get the feeling as arsenal that he's not going to sign that he wants to run the contract down then you have to sell really don't you you have to sell in august 
With well, all right, hang on a minute. Let's well, let's get into this then, because like I say I've I've said Ben White, Zinchenko, Magalhaes, uh, Tomiyasu, and Kirill. That's five. We'll talk about Kieran Tierney in a minute, but we need more than five. And if we're going to sell William Saliba, well, we have to find someone who can replace him. I mean, how many? People, how many players are like Saliba out there? Aside from his young age and the potential, quick, physically imposing, skillful, tactically astute, you know, calms the whole team down. We're not going to find anyone. Would there even be a case for keeping him and running down his contract? I would probably say yes. Mm. Um, and I know that's um, probably not where people would want the club to go in terms of we've seen this happen many times before Aaron Ramsey um, if you look at how the Aubameyang contract situation developed as well um, the whole the reason for that is you get into the last two years and it's not been settled by that time so um, I think what you say Ian is probably the most important point he's he's almost like a unicorn like <laughs> I think he's probably the most unique one of the most unique players yeah. in Europe yeah. at the minute. And um, yeah, as I said in the piece, probably hit, securing his future is more or as important as any arrivals uh, that come in in the summer. This summer is what you said this summer. I think I'd go yeah. further than that. I think it's the future direction of the club uh, yeah, really. I, I don't see I don't see us selling him. You know, I don't want to put that <laughs> out there. I think we will no. try our utmost until until the last possible moment to to, to persuade him to, yeah. to stay. But but if you're Mikel Arteta you also want players that want to be there, that want to be part of it. So that that is something that will be factored in. I think just from like looking at him this season he does look like he wants to be there. Yeah, he does. Yeah, And look, he's he got the whole stadium singing his name. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you yeah, wouldn't yeah. get that elsewhere. Not for a centre-half, <laughs> that is for sure. So I, I'm confident. I'm confident. Arsenal have nev- not been in this position of strength for a long time. So yes, no. he's in a great spot, but so too are Arsenal in terms of, of being able to say, look, come on, you know, give, give us a few more years here. And, and you can always get, you're young enough to get that move to a Real Madrid further down the line when perhaps you're more ready to go there. Yeah, I think for for me as well, um, what was really interesting about the whole Saka kind of announcement was the tagline at the end where he said, time is on our side. Um, And it just felt like a real kind of poignant statement Mm. um, because it can apply to the squad, individual players and basically the whole club really. So... um, yeah, I'm like Adrian, quite um, quietly confident. <laughs> Good. I think that's a nice way to be. All right, two big question marks. Rob Holding, one year left on the deal. I think we've all seen that he's not at the level that we require. I mean, every time we talk about Rob Holding, I have to go, no disrespect to <laughs> Rob Holding, right? Because there is no disrespect because he's a top player. But in terms of the way it changes the way we play, and it's obvious the manager doesn't, uh, doesn't want to use him if he doesn't have to. Um, it, we should sell him now, shouldn't we, and get some money in for him, Adrian? Yeah, I think so. I think for his career as well. He, he's 27. He can have a run at it with someone else, can't he? And just look yeah. to pro- prove people wrong and to prove that he's a Premier League level player. Just maybe not quite Arsenal level, but good enough to play in the top flight. It'd be a shame to lose him because I think he is a good lad in the dressing room. But yes. yeah, I think when you when the manager is putting sort of Kivior in ahead of him um, in in that right sided centre back role, that that's a signal. If I'm a player, I'm thinking, well, the manager's gone off me here, <laughs> and it's going to take some to bring him back. So yeah, I'd be looking to leave if I was in his shoes. I've got to be honest. I think on on obviously there's a few obvious ones about that are going to go Pablo Mari, Maitland-Niles, maybe Cedric too. I would absolutely sell Nuno Tavares. I don't think it's up to up to the level, unfortunately, not defensively. Um, so that they will all bring in, well, some of them will bring in money. The the big one is Kieran Tierney. And the th- big one is Kieran th- Tierney. I, what do you think? Do you know think? what? I think for the reasons outlined, you know, with, with, with Rob, the same really apply with Kieran Tierney. I don't think Kieran will be feeling that he's got the trust and faith of the manager. Um, 
which is big because uh, he's a very good player. We'd love to keep him as a backup, wouldn't yeah, but we? But he's not. He doesn't want to. He is too good to be a and, backup. And, and, and do you know what? I think he struggled a little bit living down south, hasn't he? We know that he's he, he's he's a homeboy. You know, he, he, he's got all his family and friends are in Scotland. When you're playing every week and you're loving life, loving your job, that's a sacrifice that you can put up with. But when you're out of the team, let me tell you, and I was out of the team a lot, <laughs> but especially at other clubs as well as Arsenal. Out of the team at Arsenal was slightly different, but not at his age. When you're out of the team, it can be miserable and you can it can be quite a lonely place. And if all your family and friends uh, are in Scotland, that's that becomes more of an issue. I just think if Newcastle United are interested in him, it wouldn't have it tick a lot of boxes for for him, for, for for and for his family. So I think that's a move that would make sense on a lot of levels. Oh, it's 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 uh, guaranteed money coming in, which we are going to need to reinvest. Um, would you agree essentially that it might be time for him to go? Yeah, I, I think the the big thing is what's right for him at the end of the day. Because as as we we've, we've spoken about mm-hmm. since he's arrived, he's been amazing. Obviously, this year's been different, um, and he hasn't really looked natural in uh, the roles Zinchenko plays, Inverted, which has yeah. been. I don't think anyone could have predicted no. the kind of domino effect of that signing. But when you look at him and his case, I think he's probably someone who Arsenal haven't had in a long time in terms of long enough on a contract to command a decent fee also very talented so I feel like yeah it's probably the right time for him shame if he decides. but sell him um, but then the big thing is who, who's his replacement yeah well hang on yeah. essentially if we are saying what we're saying we're going to need two defenders right side centre back and a left back okay and as you, you mentioned uh, Pablo Mari uh, Maitland Niles Cedric um as you were saying, uh, it might be a struggle to sell with the wages, but he's good around the dressing room. Uh, Nuno Tavares and Austin Trusty was the other one. Um, um, maybe we can sell some of them to generate some funds. Clubs in the championship would will, will be falling over themselves to sign Austin Trusty. Let me tell you, because he, yeah. he's Birmingham's Player of the Year. Yeah. I just don't. I don't think he's ready for Arsenal. It's timing, isn't it? And we'll talk about that more actually. Because uh, well, let's get on to the midfield. Um, the midfield to me seems the most difficult. Really, I mean, there was a list of players that we talked about about bringing in. Uh, Declan Rice, because uh, there's a list was Declan Rice, Moises Caicedo, Ilkay Gundogan, and Mason Mount, and possibly Romeo Lavia. And I looked at it, I thought I'd have all of them. I'd have absolutely all of them. Since this has been written, Mason Mount has suggested that he's leaning towards Manchester United. So you go, okay. But of the players we got, Martin Erdegaard's staying. We know that. Granit Xhaka looks like he's leaving. Uh, or have uh, we heard any more about that? I mean, there's rumours about Bayer Leverkusen. Yes, yeah, I think this is the most open secret at the moment. Um, yeah, Leverkusen. I think personally, I'm I'm not fully on board uh, with him <laughs> with him going just because I feel like whenever he's um, not been there in that Arsenal midfield, it's looked so devoid of any presence and. I just fear making too much change mm. too soon. But if it's another one where it's probably one that suits the player. So you can understand it. And given, I guess, his trajectory at Arsenal over the past seven years, you can, you can accept it. Is this the best yeah. he could ever be at Arsenal? Is, is, this, is he going to get as much game time next season? Is he going to be able to score and assist as often? I don't know if he would. No. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's probably, it's his peak. Jacques. Yeah. And it does make it a more difficult, I guess, uh, conversation to maybe persuade him to stay. Um, but yeah, I, I'm keep, one where... You keep him. If this was me on Football Manager, <laughs> I'd be trying my absolute best. Do you think we'll hear an announcement, by the way? Yeah. Because if, if, if it is all, all sewn up, 
you know, if it is an open secret. Yeah. yeah, I think it would be nice for the player and the supporters to sort of know. I think that's true. I think that's true. So we'll wait and see what happens there. Yeah. But I, yeah. I think the general feeling is, yeah, we keep him as a squad player, but he probably wouldn't get as much first team football if we bring in the players that we want to bring in. Um, and his contract does expire in a year's time. So we'd have to give him an extension or something. So it's slightly more difficult. But Thomas Partey, right? Slightly more difficult one, Adrian. I mean... Through the early part of the season, he would have been possibly the most important player in the squad. But he dropped off rapidly at the end. And sometimes I watch him and I think, is he is he not concentrating or is he just not on top of things? And how, how do we feel? I, I think a fit and firing and on top of things, Thomas Partey is, is an outstanding footballer. But we don't always get that. No, and you can't change the person. You 29. Know, he's, he's a bit long in the tooth. Are we always going to have? Are we always going to have these little dips, these these injury issues, which have obviously plagued us the last few years? Um, can we trust him to stand up and deliver those colossal performances often enough in the big games? I I got to be honest, and I I, I kind of hate myself for this, but. <sighs> I don't think I'd be alone here. I think the performance against Manchester City away was so alarming in in its nature. No, I see that. That it's I can't get it out of my head. For all of the excellence that he's produced, and he's produced some unbelievable performances. And when he when he's on it, he he's a beast of a midfielder. But 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 the drop off for when he has these lapses is big. And when Mikel Arteta talks about levels. I think he he also means, he doesn't just mean talent, he means consistency and reliability. And I, I think that Mikel Arteta might have looked at that performance and a few that we've seen since and thought, and maybe reevaluated his his take on it. It would not surprise me yeah. if if we allowed him to leave. It would not surprise me. And we'll get good money for him as well. Oh, I mean, I, I'm sort of with Adrian on this. I said after the City game, if we had Rodri in our team, I think we actually would have pushed him pretty close because I think he would have stopped two or three of those goals just by just getting in the way, whereas Partey was so off the pace. Are you feeling much the same way that if we... I mean, obviously we need replacements, but we'll get to them. How would you feel if you had... If this was a dream scenario and you can get, <laughs> you knew you could get who you want, would you keep Thomas Partey or would you sell him? But it's not a dream. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is but, it not a dream? Are we no, actually but, talking about reality here? But this is... The thing is... The thing that's just in my head is... Yeah. Okay, maybe some of these players did drop off. Mm. But if you're going into next season, you want as many of the players that got you to this point present. Um, and my my feeling is just that you can't just gut the squad completely. Yeah. Uh, okay, you may be able to bring in better players or players of a similar level, but they, those players are going to need time to, to gel together, to understand the demands of Mikel Arteta, which these players, it took two, three seasons to to get to proper grips of it. Mm. So for me, I'm just wary of too much change too soon. And I know I said that earlier, but especially in that midfield. Yeah. Well, because when we were so good, it was the midfield that that drove the team, wasn't it? And yeah, we're talking about maybe selling two of the three, (laughs) which which seems daft. And and I, I, I absolutely would take Art's point on that in terms of yeah it's easy to sort of almost play football manager here and say oh yeah get rid of him or get rid of him we'll upgrade but but it, there is more to it than that I just yeah I just there's just a part of me that's a little bit scarred by some of the performances we've seen from Thomas Partey I think with that competition is the big thing mm. then like yeah you can you can bring in new players but um, maybe as a kind of uh uh a gear to elevate what you've already got yeah. or supplement it a bit more because also I think it potentially comes down to Mikel Arteta growing even more as a manager and trusting himself mm. a bit more mm. because he has spoken a few times about thinking about certain changes but not actually doing it. Mm. Um, and maybe that's where Jorginho would have been on the bench at City. Would you bring him in? 
Well, Jorginho's the other one as well, isn't he? I mean, I imagine we'll keep him just because we brought him in and, and he's obviously done done some great stuff since he came in and he's an experienced performer who's won everything and we need them in the team don't we really so mm-hmm. I think we'd, we'd agree about Jorginho mm-hmm. the rest though the rest I mean Fabio Vieira no one's convinced except for Edu as far as I can tell <laughs> who absolutely <laughs> loves that player but no one is convinced so but I don't think they're going to sell him. I think that they would probably keep him for one more season. Um, Mohamed El Nani's contract expires in a year. Um, we're not going to get much money for him. And everyone likes having him around, don't they? And he's a good guy to uh, to be around. So one imagines he's staying. I, I mean, say to me if you disagree, but mm. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. No. Um, Sambi Laconga was on loan at Crystal Palace. Did okay for a while. We thought that Patrick Vieira might actually be better for him, but then he obviously outlasted Patrick Vieira and then he wasn't in the team when Roy um, was the manager. Uh, are we saying we'd sell him if we can get a price, Art? Yeah, I think he's one where he's at a good age as well. Um, good age, still showed glimpses of why Arsenal signed him when he was at Crystal Palace um, in those weeks under Vieira. So if you were able to garner some interest, that's probably something that, that I'd look at because, again, when we're talking about these changes, he's not one who's, who's vital to that, that midfield. So I think that's where you kind of have... I guess, room to operate and upgrade, hopefully. Yeah, when we signed him, the team was in a different place. Yes. He was the equal of the players that we had. And yeah, the team has just improved. And yeah, I, I think look, if you're struggling to get in the Palace team under Roy Hodgson, then you're not going to walk into the Arsenal team, are you? So yeah, no, I think I think, I think think maybe it, he could be sold. And look, I just think we've got a lot of players. We had so many players out on loan this season that you can make money from and you know why 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 own them if you're not going to to use them is 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 maybe the way they'll they'll look at it moving forward I well charlie patino then 19 was on loan at what blackpool wasn't it last year i mean i would be sad I, the, i've talked about this before i was at the carabao cup game against sunderland when he came on and how excited everyone was um and he's obviously a huge young talent. People have been talking about him in the academy for a long time, but he ain't getting anywhere near the team at the moment, is he? You cannot put him in the team. So, Art, would you sell him at this point? Well, I mean, that's his, at the minute, what it looks like, um, and very much his decision. Um, yeah. So you, I think you can respect that because it's someone who turns 20 in October and after a full season of men's football in the championship will want to take another step forward rather than just plateauing out for a a year. Um, So I think the big thing is, okay, yes, obviously try and get a decent fee, but probably try and put a buyback clause in there as well. Because (laughs) I I don't think there's anyone who would say he's not talented. Everyone can see see the talent. And um, if there is um, a day... Uh, in the future where you can reunite, then you best have an option to be able to do that. Um, so that's kind of where I sit with yeah, it. Yeah, because we just don't know. We don't know how good he is. He's tw- you know, 20. He's still developing as a, as a footballer. I just think for his career, it would help him to develop somewhere games. else. Yeah, whether it's on loan again or, or whether we decide to sell. And and if if that's what he wants again that that might be you know what we what we decide to do i'll be honest i'm yet to be convinced mm. yet to be convinced I, I think i think there are some players that just look sensational in in academy football that find it tougher to translate it into into the the real thing you know and and the matches i've seen i i, I haven't seen him own own a match yet at senior level um and that that's harsh because he's you know he's young, but but I just don't know. I just don't know, and no, maybe Arsenal don't know, and, no. and and therefore what Art's proposing, which is a possible sale with a buyback, is is sort of the best scenario. Last one we want to talk about is Emil Smith Rowe. I saved him really. Um, <laughs> I mean. I, I love Emil Smith-Rowe. I love watching him. He's one of my favourite players to watch. Um, obviously, he could generate decent funds. I would have thought, if we have to sell players, and I've read 
uh, pieces of writing from people I trust who say that it seems that Mikel Arteta doesn't quite fancy him. I've also seen other um, pieces of writing saying, oh, he's being trained up as a number eight. Adrian, I'll let you go first on this one. I, I want him to stay. That's my feeling about it. I would love him to stay, not least because of the song. But uh, I genuinely, I genuinely love watching him play football. And when he was on song, scoring goals from midfield, you go, my God, he could, he could get fifteen goals a season from midfield, and that is huge. Yeah, I want him to stay because in the breakdown live studio, we've got his picture on the wall, and we can't, yeah. we can't get rid of the whole wall, so um, we don't want it to be out of date. No, the, I, I don't have any evidence to see that Mikel Arteta is training him up to be a number eight because there have been ample opportunities to put him on in that position and and he's chosen Fabio Vieira and Leandro Trossard ahead of him in those roles I would keep him you know you're talking about levels talking about standards I think Emil is is at the level. I think he's got the standards. He's pro- he's proven to be a Premier League performer, an excellent finisher. He's someone that can occupy a wide role. He can occupy the two eight positions. He can occupy a number ten position. He can even be a false nine if you wanted him to be. Um, he he's got the Arsenal DNA inside him. The only. The only way, you know, I would I would sell him is if he wanted to go. If he said, turned around and said to me, and I was the manager, Gaffer, I, I don't want to stay and be in and out of the team next season. I want to go and find my way. That's the only that's the only scenario I see where, where I would sanction a move personally because I, I I would keep him every day of the week and and I would actually loan out Fabio Vieira to a Premier League club this season to see if he has got what it takes in this division and I would have Emile Smith-Rowe as an option at number eight uh, or or as a left winger. Just on the eight stuff, he's been like, he's been used there throughout the season. It's just, I think the reason why you probably won't remember is because so little sample size. Yeah. So Um, so I remember um, when he was, first kind of coming back from his little injuries and stuff uh, under 21's game he was playing as a right sided 8 and then he came on in that position against Bournemouth a mm. few days or weeks after and then the Manchester United thing happened and I think when whenever I've seen him uh, since the new year so since he's come back from his surgery I've got um, I guess the vibe of more of a floater someone who doesn't really have a mm. set um position and with that I know earlier on I said Saliba's a unicorn Mm. but I think Smith Rowe in terms of an attacking sense is the most unique player Arsenal yes yes he is going with the under 21s England under 21s their Euros in June hopefully that gets him some match sharpness because now he's playing without pain for the first time in five years so I like you guys I wouldn't even entertain a sale I think that is a ridiculous notion um, <laughs> just yeah. personal opinion yeah. say what um, you really think <laughs> no um, no no I, I mean I think we're all we're all agreed and I think most Arsenal fans as well and and you know I, I mean like I said we said Mason Mount's linked towards Man United I mean he would cost us whatever 60 million quid and we think hang on a minute haven't we Someone who does <laughs> something like that in the squad. They're not dissimilar, the are awesome. they? No. So, uh, okay, okay. I mean, we are going to need some replacements, and I mentioned uh, the ones that we're looking at, and there's probably others as well. So I, I watched Caicedo last night against Man City, and uh, he looks great. So <laughs> him and Rice and one or two others. Let's talk about the forwards. Um uh, notionally um, Gabriel Jesus Eddie Nketiah Gabriel Martinelli all have contracts until 2027 uh, Leandro Trossard is until 2026 and Bukayo Saka signed this week um, none of them are going are they I wouldn't have thought uh, Adrian is there a case with um, either Eddie or Gabriel Jesus I know he's been amazing but not enough goals from either of them really <laughs> 
a bit harsh on Gabriel Jesus. I agree. I agree, but we're looking to upgrade. Until he right? got injured, until he got injured, he he was a footballer of the year contender. It's still, though, not enough goals, and we are looking to get better. We are up against the machine. So, if you're actually, we are playing football manager at this point, you're going, (laughs) his his goal tally is not good enough. We we want to sign a striker. I think this summer we have to sign a striker um, to compete with Gabriel Jesus, not to replace him, to compete with him. Someone of the same level that's just a little bit stylistically different that, in my opinion, you know, rewind the clock a year or saying the same things. Someone that's a bit more of a physical presence. That if we got yeah. if we got Harland up front for us, Gabriel, I'm, no, no, I'm just putting that. Get him, I don't think we are. But let's, if we got Harland up front, Gabriel Jesus would, be, would end up playing a, a second fiddle to him or playing out wide, which is like fine. he was at like he was at Man City. That's not what we bought him for. They had the whole chat, didn't they, about you have to lead the line and be the man. You, I mean, oh, I am being harsh, but I'm just putting it out there. Okay, that that we need more goals in the team. Do we not? Are, Yes, that's obvious. But also, what I would counteract that with is they need to concede a lot less. <laughs> yeah. as well. I there don't think that. goals are the issue. No, because wow. they're coming from everywhere. Erdegaard, 15 goals. Have we ever scored this many? I Mar- mean, yeah. I mean, Martinelli, 15. You're, you're from our strikers. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get from that. our strikers. Well, look, yeah. let, we know that if we, we, we're looking to buy another forward, someone who offers something mm. physically different, we say that. We would say that Reese Nelson may be the player... Uh, we may struggle to keep. Uh, his, his contract expires this summer. He rejected the latest off from the club. Um, personally, I'd like to keep him. When he comes on, I love watching him. Uh, genuinely an exciting player. But is it just the wrong timing for him? And He's had too many injuries and it just hasn't quite worked out. I mean, it, it's possible that Gabriel Martinelli would not be getting as many games if he was in the team, say, or, or he would be good backup for Bukayo Saka. I mean, it's it's... what's happened with him and what do you think will happen? Yeah, I think when we talk about, I guess, the bravery and Mikel Arteta, you could probably have argued that Reese Nelson warranted a few starts earlier on in in the season. Yeah. Um, And that probably could have made this conversation a little bit different. In terms of what's happened this season, he's been very unlucky in terms of timing. If you remember... uh, Obviously, going into the World Cup, he had a very decent run of form. And then as well, in those friendlies in, in Dubai. And then he gets injured in the last friendly. Yeah. And um, I think that's somewhere, that's a position where if he didn't, you probably would have saw him a bit more after the new year. Um, but what I've been pleased with is he's been able to prove to not just Mikel Arteta, but Arsenal fans as well. Yeah that the quality that people have spoken about for years is there. And like you said, Ian, whenever he's come on, he's made an impact. He's made a positive impact on yeah. games. Um, so, yeah, I think from a club perspective, you you would obviously want to keep him. Yeah, keep. But from a player perspective, he might, he, yeah. he's got to look at his career and yeah. turn in... I think he's uh, tw- 23 now. Um, he is 23, yeah. And yeah, you just got to look at, okay, what do I want my career to look like? Adrian, Adrian, if you were him, would um, would you stay? It's, it is a real quandary because the only way from Arsenal is down for him. He's not going to find a club that's as good as Arsenal. So it's going to be a downward step and it's hard to get back up, as I found out, as countless players have found out when they've left. So (laughs) the advice I'd always give a player is stay as long as you can at the top. And but and there's there's something to be said about being a sub, an impact, you know, being a finisher, someone that can come on and change the game. And he's proven to be brilliant at that, hasn't he, this season, I think, anyway. It's, yeah. uh, uh, look, Perry Groves is seen as a, you know, a club legend now. He's, he's, a, he's a, you know, a cult hero. Um, but really, for the most part, he was an impacts up. He was someone that, that, that you know, the, the fans really warmed to, that would come on, give his best, and make a difference on, on numerous occasions. That is what Reese is, that's where he is at the moment. And that, that's... 
quite a good place to be. I think we'd, we'd all quite we'd all swap and say, "Well, I'll be that," but but you only get one career, don't you? So I think it's a it's a real tough decision for him. Real tough. Yeah. Um, I w- would want him to stay. Um, Me too. And I, I I think that the I would rather cash in on on Eddie or or, or Balogun this summer because I think we will sign someone up front which would push them down the pecking order and Eddie and Balogun are, are too good to be fourth choice you know one of those would have to go yes quite um, Flo Balogun's done great in France almost top scorer but just again it's a timing thing this feels a bit like Charlie Patino a couple of others just came through I mean, Bukayo Saka sent the be- sort of set the benchmark, didn't he? This this young young academy kid who's suddenly a superstar. But the, uh, these other guys haven't quite taken the step up in the same way. We'd get some decent funds for Flo Balligan, wouldn't we? And I guess they just look at him and Eddie, like Adrian said, Art, and um, can, and decide. Can I ask you, Art? Because you've seen more of Balligan than I have. I'm pretty sure of that. Who has got the higher ceiling here? Is it Eddie and Ketter or is it following Balligan? Ah, uh, it's interesting. I. First of all, I, I just want to say um, what Bukayo Saka's done in terms of setting the benchmark is not normal. Mm. No. This conversation that we're having is a lot more normal. <laughs> but has it affected all the other academy players coming through to a certain extent? Because we go, that's what you do. You step into the first team at 17 and then you're just brilliant from then on. I don't know. I feel like there'll still be a lot of perspective around these players and to Adrian's question the way I think about it is Balogun's probably got a bit more X factor about him yeah just he so clean Mm. um, which Eddie also had at younger ages Mm. Um, and I also think there's probably just the Eddie's probably fallen into a victim of we've seen him for the past five years so it's not particularly new to us yeah. anymore. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't want to like put a, a ceiling on either of them. But if we're looking at this summer, you probably say you'd be able to um, get more for for Balogun because of uh, the the number of goals he scored in France, um, the kind of aura he's built around himself as well this season and I just feel the interest has already been growing so um, bigger fee yeah so he'd be the one that you'd probably be able to cash in and then reinvest in um, a bit uh, with a bit more trust (laughs) I mean I'd throw throw buybacks into everyone if I could (laughs) fair enough and and, uh, of the other two players in the squad Nicola Pepe has got one year left on his contract might be a bit difficult to shift, but he might maybe be used as a squad player. But well, if if we can bring in someone to give Bukayo Saka a, a breather, you know, the player Diaby is one someone that's been linked, doesn't he? You know, that's that's a really good option if we were to to get somebody of that caliber. If we can't, and the money spent on two amazing midfielders, a, a great centre back, and a mm. and a quality left back, and, and there's not enough, and a striker, and there's not enough left to get a top draw right winger. Then we have got one, yeah, and 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 we're paying him an know. awful lot of money. Yeah, well, so, he's going to be he's going to be in the squad, and we're probably not going to get rid of him because we're not going to sell him. The bottom line is he he scores one in four. Nicola Pepe, he, he he's not going to be Mikel Arteta's full cup of tea. But in, I would rather have him there to to back up Saka than pay him, you know, extortionate amounts of money to be on loan somewhere for the final or year of his leave. contract. <laughs> yeah, or to pay him up to leave because, yeah, I don't think he's a fee. bad egg. Uh, you know, I, I think he's a, a nice enough guy. Um, yeah, I, I personally would actually welcome him back if... If the pot runs dry, um, and 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 yeah, we've run out. Let's see how deep the pockets are for the Cronkies and Marquinhos, <laughs> who we haven't mentioned, will very likely take another loan. Um, let's take a break, and then we'll talk about the upcoming games. Ian Stone, Art De Roche, and Adrian Clark here on Handbreak Off. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes 
and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobeUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We were a bit uh, with the handbrake at time. Ian Stone here on handbrake off with Adrian Clark and Art de Roche. Final game of the season, um, Arsenal against Wolves. Um, we're not going to spend too much time <laughs> on this. We just want to win and a nice day out, don't we, Adrian? We do. Yeah, yeah. we do. I we mean, that's it. I just want it to be a, a celebratory mood. You know, I, I think even though we haven't, you know, achieved our ultimate goal, finishing second behind this Man City team is is an achievement in itself. We've made unbelievable progression and I just want it to be a happy atmosphere. And obviously at the end of the game when the players go and do their, their lap of appreciation, I want, you know, I want it to be packed stands. I want everyone to be pleased with what they've seen. And, you know, so, yeah, let's hope for a nice win, a few goals and, and a nice way to bow, bow out of what's been a just a, a cracking campaign. We shouldn't shouldn't lose sight of that. No. Oh, anything to add about Sunday, really? We just want to smash walls and yeah. uh, and clap them around the pitch and tell them, listen, thanks for the entertainment. It's been it's been absolutely for the most part absolutely wonderful. Yeah, um, pretty much the same. And to be fair, Arsenal tends to deliver in terms of goals on on the final day so just yeah hopefully more of the same well I mean now that I've said it Gabriel Jesus will probably get four or something and I'll just I'll feel even more shame than you, the way you were looking at me uh okay um and a player of the season I mean we're going to do a lot of this on Monday but have we got a player of the season by the way oh have you got a player of the season I mean it's yeah um I'm in the process of writing up my player of the season piece Ah, do you not want to give it away yet? Or... Yeah, so I might, I might Ooh, stay. Keep some... that powder dry. Yeah, yeah I might, I might stay quiet. I can tell you guys after <laughs> afterwards. But... Yeah, that's not. You know, if I'm listening, that's not particularly what I want to hear. What I want to hear. I'll tell you something else I heard about Arsenal. Obviously, I can't tell you, listener. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Adrian, are you uh, who are we having? There are the, the two that stand out are Odegaard and Saka. Um, but but you could make a case for for a lot of other players, um, but I would give it to Erdegaard myself. Um, I think fifteen goals, seven assists. He's made a massive step forward, and I love the leadership. I like the way that he he takes responsibility on the pitch. Love his work ethic. Yeah, I um, yeah. I just I just think he's a real gem, uh, as is Bakayo, of course. But yeah, I, I'm, I would give it to Martin this year, even even though Bakayo and, and and Martinelli, of course, and Saliba and others do do run them close. Um, yeah, it's Martin for me. Yeah, I'm having Saliba, by the way, uh, not least because I want him to stay, right? And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, if he finally, oh, Stoney said on the handbrake, did he? <laughs> all right, then. All right, here's an eight-year contract. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I just also, just, uh, I mean, we. I think we took it for granted a little bit. I do remember early on this year, uh, sitting, I remember Amy, just, we can't believe what we're seeing. He stepped in, he scored an amazing goal oh, away at, yeah. what was it, at Bournemouth? Yeah. And, uh, and, and how good he's been. And then when we lost him, yeah, I just thought to, he was fabulous. To anyone but, that's going to the game uh, on Sunday, um, just don't forget Saliba when, when they do their lap of appreciation. I'm assuming he'll be there. Um, Make sure you sing the song and sing it <laughs> loud. Possible. Because yeah. I'm not joking. These things make a difference. Yeah, of course. And it, 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 it is 
making him feel as wanted as we can. And this is our last chance before the summer to, to make him feel loved. Yeah, so I think it was it. very similar with Erdegaard's last game uh, when he was on loan, yeah. Brighton at home, final day. And it, it seems like, yeah, he did all the goodbye stuff, yeah. but... Uh, I feel like looking back, he has spoken about that day being quite um, uh, really? important. It totally makes yeah. a difference. It totally does. You, every we all want to be loved, and footballers are quite sensitive. You know, <laughs> believe it or not, you got to be thick-skinned. Of course, you have, but in a way, footballers are also a, a touch sensitive, and yeah. and they will be well aware of how they're perceived. And yeah, let's show Saliba the love big time um, on Sunday because it could it could make the difference. I'm not saying it where it could. In the WSL, Arsenal play Aston Villa. They've all but secured Champions League football, and it's amazing, really. Art, when they lost Beth Mead and Viv Miedemer and Leah Williamson and Laura uh, Winreuter, uh, two ACLs, and Kim Little was out. Leah Walty got injured. <laughs> and by the way. <laughs> If you don't think women's football has enough aggression, have a look at the tackle on Leah Walty, all right? Just, you think, I mean, I didn't approve of it, but there is something he goes, oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. They don't, they do get stuck in. Um, Arsenal women are three points ahead of City, Man City with a, with a plus 11 uh, better goal difference. Um, it would be a bit ridiculous if they didn't make it out, but. Incredible fight after losing all those players and losing the Champions League game in the semi-final. Yeah, I think the second half of this season's really shown that it's deeper than just kicking a ball. <laughs> <laughs> and um, just in terms of how they've been able to do it, I think there has been some football kind of reasons. So they started training with a back three in January, okay. um, which was, I think, before Miedemar got her ACL before Williamson uh, etc and then when the time came for them to use it um, they were able to just switch into that because they'd been training in day. that kind of system for a few weeks or months uh, but then also I think they've just had a real togetherness in that squad where they're able to understand certain moments and capitalise on them and Katie McCabe's probably been the leading example of that uh, yeah. in recent weeks in particular. But as a as a whole, I think they've also shown that they're much more than just Beth Mead or Vivian Miedemar. Or I qualify for the Champions League without those two players. I mean, so. that's how, and Leah Williamson. <laughs> for me, way. they've yeah. they've maxed out winning yeah. the trophy and coming third and reaching the semi final of the Champions League is the max that that. Arsenal could have achieved this season with those injuries, isn't it? Do you yeah. not think? Uh, I just oh, think they, so, yeah. I, they couldn't have done any better. No. Yeah. Pu yeah. And pushed and pushed uh, Chelsea Man United very close as well, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Very, yeah. very close. Have we got a player of the season? Art, have we got a player of the Ooh, season? This one's, even, I think this one's so difficult. I'd um, go free to Mana. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably the most logical okay. yeah. shout. Yeah, because yeah, I was thinking about it and there's just, it feels like there's so many players you can name. Yeah. So... Um, probably her because again, what she's done is great goals, quite unexpected. Yeah, great in the uh, in the Champions League, the Champions League goal. Uh, I, I shout for Victoria Pelova as yes. well, by the way. Signing of the season. Yeah, yeah I definitely. really love watching her play. She's a lovely footballer. Uh, so she's like a, she's like the old Rizicki. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> it's got, got a similar <laughs> sort of vibe. It's true. Yeah. So um, yeah, uh, for me. Um, all right, let's have a song. Before we go, I mean, can I just say I was going to choose anything by Tina Turner, actually, because she was the queen of rock and roll. Yeah. And uh, uh, but you know what? I'll have the best for Bukayo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why? Because he is, and he signed for us. And what a beautiful thing! <laughs> What are you having? Uh, I wasn't on a Monday, so I didn't get to dedicate anything to the black kit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a beautiful what a, kit what, what that is. What a bad is. way to go out. Yeah, terrible. Well, what a beautiful kit. What are you having, Art? I've done it before. If Looks Could Kill by Destroy Lonely. If Looks Could Kill, baby, I'm the fashion demon. Right now, can't look wrong, I don't speed it. 
Especially because um, you guys won't care, but there was a new Spider-Man um, 2 trailer that dropped yesterday. The new Spider-Man film? No, 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 not the film. It's for the game. Um, oh, okay. And they okay. have the black suit in there. So <laughs> I'm merging my dedications today. <laughs> what you got, Adrian? <laughs> I'm going to go for... But I want to celebrate... I want us to celebrate this 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 really good Arsenal team one more time. I just want I just want to see one more top performance, one more goal fest. Um, so it's got to be Dark Punk one more time. Tune. That's what I'm looking for this weekend. Tune. We could have had time is on our side by the Rolling Stones as well. <laughs> really, to be fair, after Bukayo's uh, signing. Um, that's it for Handbrake Off. Uh, we went on a bit there, didn't we? <laughs> but anyway, uh, you go and enjoy your day. Uh, thanks to our, thanks to Adrian and thanks to Jay uh, for stepping in and producing. And our last one, we are recording on Monday. Uh, so hopefully we'll speak to you then. Have a good day. Ta-ra. Mm-hmm.